0: Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. We're in Luke chapter 11. We'll start in verse
1: 1. Good morning, Hill City. My name is Trey. Follow me as I read through the book of Luke. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend? Let me three loves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey. I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you.
0: Um, pastor passage known as the Lord's Prayer we were able to teach the Lord's Prayer Now we we, we taught the Matthew one, that's the one probably you're most familiar with hearing uh, recited, we were able to teach that to the Missouri State Bears football team this season so I'm excited to have Trey come up and read that Um, prayer prayer, good morning Hill City my name's Brad, I'm one of the pastors here we're going to pray Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to take some time. We're going to pray in your seats. I'm going to pray up here on stage. We're just going to spend some time praying. So quite simply, I'm just going to ask you to join me now as we pray. So just bow your heads and spend some time in prayer. Amen. Amen. So for... In case you're wondering, we we just spent um, two minutes praying, and for many of you are like, oh, that's incredible, it was such a sweet two minutes, maybe the sweetest two minutes of my week. I'm so glad that we did that. I've had a busy week, and some of you are like, that was the weirdest, the most awkward two minutes of my week. And I got fidgety, and it was just weird to sit in silence to think about praying. And those are a couple current realities in the room. Um, I, I want you to know, so, so in my house, I, I've seen a recent uptick in the prayer life um, of my six-year-old son, okay? Um, now, this boost in his, in his praying, this uptick has been caused by two uh, things going on in his world right now. So one of those was deer hunting that happened in November, and then another one is basketball uh, season, okay? So, so we sat for a lot of hours, waiting on a deer, and, and we ended up seeing two squirrels, and that's really about it. And it made no sense to him. And one of the reasons it made no sense to him is because he said, Dad, I prayed to God like ten times we would see a deer and kill one. Like, what's up with this? And, and then he, even a little bit, uh, may, maybe more funny, I don't know, so like um, what, what you'll see him do a lot in basketball is, is, you know, he may take his dribbles and the ball will go to his face, and then you'll see kind of like, a... okay, shoot. And like, then when he misses, now, if you know Brecken, this makes perfect sense to you. But like, he misses, and he's like, There's no reason. Like, I prayed for that to go in. Like, I'm believing this stuff you're teaching me, dad and mom. And then listen, he's so literal. So he's had this uptick in his prayer life. Needless to say, like, the discipleship task before Jenny and I um, is daunting. So Pray for us in this. But, 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 but as we talk about prayer, in today's passage, we see Jesus' disciples ask Him, like, Jesus, teach us how to do this. And on its face, that's what we see, right? We see this passage, and it's like, man, this is awesome. Let's go to this as this how-to passage. Now, before we go further, I, I want to make something very clear. Prayer is without question one of the most important things in the life of a Christian. Without question. It is one of the most important aspects. And I personally believe that prayer is indeed the decisive blow in any spiritual warfare that's going on in my life and in your life. Okay, now, that being said, I don't necessarily believe that this passage is so much a how-to-pray passage as it is about who it is that we get to talk to. So Luke 11, chapter 1, you see the disciples. They see Jesus praying. He comes back. They're like, man, Jesus, teach us how to do that. And he takes this request. And in his Jesus-like way, he's like, all right. And instead of like a lesson on how to, it's like, man, really, if you look at it, it's like, let me teach you who you are talking to. My prayer this morning is more that you're, you're, that you're not going to walk out of here like, oh, that was awesome. I, I know how to pray now. My prayer is that you walk out here going, man, I know even better and was reminded about who it is that I'm praying to. And you see this like right out of the gate. Jesus, teach us how to pray. He says, all right, when you, when you pray, say this, Father, now we're going to stop there. Like the weight of that word. Father. I know in the Old Testament you, you might see God referred to as Father maybe seven times, maybe a few more. But then when you get to the New Testament, over 150 times do we see God referred to as a Father. The gospel is all over this word Father. We get to call God our Father. Dad, we are sons and daughters. We sing about it. We'll sing about it again at the end of the gathering. Now, you've got to understand, this was a little bit wild for the disciples. Like, Jesus, teach us to pray. All right, when you pray, say this. Father, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I can imagine the disciples going, okay, yeah, like, you get to call him Dad, but come on. Like, what do we call him? And Jesus like, no, no, no. You call him Dad. Yeah, I do call him Dad. And you get to call him dad see back what they were used to was God being even kind of distant not able to sort of approach right you got to remember thousands of years in their history they they had to step back and watch this one guy go to God on their behalf right this high priest gets to go in on their behalf and they sit back and like man I hope he does not die while he's doing this or we're kind of all in a pickle here but for them to go into the presence of God is like foreign. To go talk to God, that's for a, for a high priest. And Jesus says, listen, not anymore. You get to go to him and you get to call him dad. This happens through adoption. right Now before we get into the adoption part of it, later we're going to talk and we're going to see Jesus in the garden. He's getting ready to go do the unthinkable. He's getting ready to go through the unthinkable. And he doesn't want to do it. Let's make that perfectly clear. In Mark chapter 14, verse 36, he says, Abba, Father, now we don't have time to get into that word Abba, just know this, there's nothing more intimate that a dad can be called than that. It's a very intimate word. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, the cross. He's gonna go to the cross and the cup of God's wrath is gonna be dumped on his head. He says, remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Abba. So it's not that Jesus just taught his disciples, hey, here's what you say, and then I get to say something different. No, he's like, here's what you say, and I say this too. Not your will, not my will, but your will. And then you look in Romans in the life of a believer. If you're a believer in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus, Romans chapter 8, 15 says, you did not receive the spirit of slavery, to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. He says the same thing in his letter to the Galatians. We get to go to the creator of the universe and we get to say, Dad. And he hears us. And I want you to know this morning, prayer revolves around knowing God as your dad. Prayer revolves around loving God as your dad. Believing God as your dad. Now listen, we can't go any further without talking about a very current reality. The very word father or the very thought of dad presents a great challenge for most of us if we're honest. And that challenge is our earthly fathers, right? For many of us, there's woundedness that comes with this word. There's baggage that is brought with us into our relationship with God as our father. And these wounds or our perspective of our earthly father present immediate hurdles to us in our approach and our prayer life to God as father, I just want you to know this morning, if that's you and that's sort of your issue, that that your issue is not God, but it is your perception of God. And for you today, so many of you, I would pray that a big step for you to take today is to view God as he is supposed to be viewed. Because the way that your earthly dad is, or the way that your earthly dad maybe was, is likely not the way that God, your father, who adopted you. Is. Even if you had a fantastic father, your prayer is, man, thank you, Lord, you gave me an awesome dad, and it's just incredible to know that you're even way better than he is at this gig. So here are some dad realities that sit in the room with us. Some of you know the idea of having an absent father, a distant father, a father who can't be Pleased, an unreasonable father, a father that's just unconcerned with anything. Maybe some of you had an angry father, zero to a thousand degrees at the drop of a hat. Some of you had lazy fathers. That isn't the God who adopted you. I want you to be encouraged this morning. If that is indeed you, that is not the God who adopted you and is your father. And I believe as Jesus goes into this prayer, the rest of this prayer is more about who our dad is than what we are supposed to say to him when we talk to him. Because I think if we can grasp who our dad is, it will greatly affect and what we say to him will be taken care of. If we view him properly. says father and then he goes on he says hallowed be your name oh, and again we we could just go an hour on each of these we just don't have we're, we're gonna we're kind of go over them and just touch on them but listen the hallowing of our dad's name should be our priority in life and this does it's not it's not something that doesn't make sense like our dad is worthy of praise now listen i'm just going to tell you and, and i'm going to talk a lot about my family today it makes no sense to me i mean every time this happens i'm like this this these kids are insane, right? We're talking about my kids because they think I am Superman. Like you see them, they'll come into church and they sprinting through the doors and huge hugs like, I can do no wrong. And, and I, I would even, argue, it's, it's, it's like, it's, even, it's different even with like Jenny and me. Like, and it's, it's not even fair, but I'm just telling you, they think I'm it. My dad this, my dad that, my dad, my dad and then listen, I love it. Now, some of you have high schoolers, you're like, dude, that's going away, so you just milk this for all it's worth. <laughs> and I will. But the point is this it makes sense for us to praise a dad, right? Those of you who are a young father, this makes sense to you. And this is what we are to do with our God, our dad. Our dad is worthy of praise. And he says, your kingdom come. You understand this? Like our dad is king. We're going to sing that here in a little bit. Our dad is king. Now, I started watching this documentary, um, and it's on the Michigan Wolverine football team, right? So it, uh, it's pretty cool. I kind of get into stuff like that. But so Jim Harbaugh's the coach, right? And he's driving, and he's got this son. His son's Jack. And, it, and Jack's like, Dad, can I go to practice with you? And he's like, yeah. You can go to practice anytime you want and they're driving up to this huge stadium and all these facilities, and his dad, little Jack is like, man, Dad, are you the boss of this place? Because they just go where they want, they do what they want to do, and guess what Jack gets to do? He gets to run around at practice, he gets to go to the, to the athletic training facility, he gets to go in where, where the athletes are being uh, you know, iced down, and, so, and he just, he's there. Why? Because his dad's Jim Harbaugh, he gets to. And we, we don't really understand, like, kingdoms and kings but that's kind of how we can grasp this it's funny you'll see later on in in one of the later documentaries jack is like crying about uh, a michigan wolverine loss and jim harbaugh is talking about it's like man he cares about this it's cool to know my son cares about this like he's our dad And, and we pray dad your kingdom come your kingdom matters to me It is in our best interest that our dad's kingdom comes. He goes on, Jesus says, and then, you, and then, and then you're going to pray to your dad and you're going to say, Give us today our daily bread. We need to understand this. If we understand nothing today, our dad is a giver of all good gifts. We talk about this a lot here at Hill City Church. Like your view of God, is he this authoritative dude with a hammer? It's like, do what I tell you, do what I require of you or I'll smash you like a bug. Or do you see him as this father who is a giver of good gifts? James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Our dad is a giver of good gifts. Now this prayer also, give us this day our daily bread. Make no mistake. This is a prayer of dependence. Parents, get this. Our seven-year-old and our six-year-old and our five-year-old and our four-year-old will likely die without me and Jenny. They are dependent. And that is what this is about. Give us this day our daily bread let me be very clear. The only, only way you took a breath today was because your dad let you. The only way you ate food today. Listen, none of us probably woke up this morning going, God, literally give me bread today because I'm not sure what I'm going to eat. Like that doesn't necessarily make sense to us. But a prayer of dependence does. The only way you have anything is because of your dad. All over this room I see represented like healthy marriages. The only reason you have that healthy marriage is because your dad allows you to have a healthy marriage. Now listen. Think of it like this. Think of it as a prayer of dependence because some of you don't have healthy marriages and it could be your lack of dependence. Because there are some of you who don't depend on The Father for anything, if I'm being honest. Because you have these, you you, you have in your mind like how things could be, how things should be, but really you haven't depended on God at all. For some of you, you, like if we're talking marriage, like specifically that you wake up every morning going, Lord, give me today what I need today to be the husband that I'm supposed to be today. We sing a song around here a lot. Lord, I need you. I need you every hour. I need you. It is a prayer of dependence. And our dad is a giver of good gifts. Jesus goes on to say, pray, forgive us of our sins. Our Father is a forgiving Father. He's, Ephesians 2 tells us He is rich with mercy. Lamentations 3, 22, 23 says this, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That is our Father, rich in mercy, stands ready to forgive us. And here's my question. Why then is it that so many of us run from our dad in sin? Like sin is there, it's in our lives, it's a a real thing and we run from him. As opposed to going, oh no, 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 listen, my dad is rich in mercy. And and his mercies are new every morning, I'm going to run to him. Some of you need to hear this this morning. God, your father is for you. And he goes on in verse 4. Lead us not into temptation. See, our dad is a dad who leads well. I spent a lot of time with, with a lot of men, and it, 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 it would, you may not even believe what I'm going to tell you. Many men, who who, there are so many men who their first exposure to pornography was through their dad. And maybe it was direct, maybe it was indirect. It was like literally, hey, son, look at this. I just want you to like girls one day. Right? I know that sounds so insane. That is, that is real. Or maybe it was indirectly in that a son went into his house and he jumped on the, the family computer and was like, what is this? The only person that has been on this computer over the last two hours has been my dad, and what is this in front? And it's that their first exposure came through their dad. So for you to think, man, wait, 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 my my. My God, my Father who adopted me leads well. Maybe that's foreign to you. But he does. He does in a lot of different ways. So listen, so so transparency, I am prone to wonder. Anybody? Anybody else? Okay, prone to wonder. But God, our Father who who leads us, he gives us things like like this. He gives us his word. He gives us community, like-minded believers to put us around. He gives us prayer, which we're talking about today. Why does he give us that? Because he's a great leader. The great news of the gospel is this. You and me are drawn to things that we should not be drawn to. We are drawn to some bad things. We are drawn to unrighteousness. But the the good news of the gospel is this. We get to go to our dad when we're prone to wonder, when we're drawn to those things. We get to go to our dad and we say, Dad, i got to have you here. Help me. I do not want to be led into this temptation. And God, our dad, is faithful to answer and he leads us and he, en- he enables us to walk in freedom. Like, are you with me? Like, can you see how this passage is like not so much about what to say or how to articulate it? Like, can you see that this passage is about a person? This prayer, this passage, this, this whole prayer that Jesus tells them, it is about God. And I want you to understand this this morning. The primary purpose of prayer is not to get stuff. The primary purpose of prayer is not to go get something from God. The primary purpose of prayer is to be with someone. Not someone is our dad. It's kind of weird to go... So he jumps off of this prayer, and he goes into this kind of weird story, right? I, I thought it was weird at first. I'm looking, I'm like, what? In the, I don't think I get this, right? So, so a guy's in his house, and he's asleep, and his kids are asleep, and then there's this other guy who's his friend, and he has a guest come over in the middle of the night, and he's like, I don't have any food for this guy. Uh, I'm going to go to my friend's house. I'm going to knock on the door, see if he'll give me food to give my guest. Like, what, what's going on here? So the guy that's sleeping with his kids is like, No, get I'm no, I'm annoyed by you. My kids are sleeping, I'm sleeping, go away. And the friend doesn't go away. Verse eight says this I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, like they're friends, there's a relationship there. And he's not going to get up and give you bread in the middle of the night because you're friends. Yet he will do it because of his impudence. He will rise and give him whatever he needs. So what's he saying there? Impudence. Another way to word that might be because of his shameless audacity. Right? So my kids, like without question, my kids have different social boundaries with me than what you have with me. Okay? Like... No one sprinted through that door and like, tried to tackle me with a hug outside of my kids today. That would have been kind of weird. Okay? My kids will wrestle me. My kids will grab my beard and do a pull-up. Like, they, that, they, they can do that. and it's sh- They're shameless about it. They're not going to do that with any of you. But that shameless audacity was, is there and was there in this passage because there was an existing relationship. I don't want us to miss that. He didn't go to a stranger's house was like, hey, dude, I need some bread. No, no, he went to a friend's house. There was an existing relationship. And then Jesus goes on in 9 and 10, and he starts talking about asking and seeking and, and knocking. I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. God desires for us to seek him. Our dad desires for us to seek him. Now listen, I think it is a fair assessment to say we've got the asking thing down. That's not, the, that's not hard. God help me, I want to hear from you. God help me with my finances. God help me understand the Bible. God help me find somebody I can have a relationship with, give me a spouse, like we ask. My fear, my concern is the seeking and the knocking. Hey, what do you mean by that? So many people have lives that are marked by foolish decisions, right? And it's like, man, I ask God, like, man, God, give me... I want to have a healthy relationship. And then you go out and, and you go date someone who's not a Christian. Like you ask God, but you're seeking kind of stakes. God, my finances are a wreck. Lord, help me with my finances. And you, and you sit back and you're like, well, my bank account still looks the same. My debt is still there. God, help me with my finances. Forget the fact that you've seen seven announcements on Facebook or in church that we do a financial peace university that you haven't signed up for. But like, Lord, help me with my finances. Lord, I just, I just can't understand the Bible. I open, I read, there's nothing there. I just can't understand it. Help me be, God, I want to be a good parent. And then we just, we think like magic is real or something. I'm not telling you don't quit praying for those, but maybe we need a little uptick in our seeking like We have a process of Bible study. We teach you tangible things to do to help you understand the Bible. Next semester, we're going to have a parent seminar where you get away for a Friday and so We're going to give you tangible things that will help you in your parenting where it's not like, Lord, just help me, help me, help me, and then like, no, take some steps in your seeking and your knocking. Like, Lord, I want a healthy relationship. Then break up with the guy that doesn't believe in Jesus. Let's do that first. See, seeking and knocking looks a lot like wrestling with, right? There's a wrestle, maybe a tension, whatever. But see, with wrestling, there's a closeness to wrestling, right? God desires it. It takes some shameless audacity to wrestle. My favorite activities in my life is to wrestle with my kids. I do it all the time. I want to keep doing it. And in that closeness and in that... Wrestling, and even though my kids and I do it for fun, I'm not necessarily talking about doing it for fun, but here's the deal in that closeness, intimacy is formed. Intimacy is forged, might be a better word. But intimacy is only forged through much effort. You don't just get close to someone casually, it takes Some shameless audacity, but that happens because there's a relationship there. Let me be very clear. This passage, right? We see this weird passage with this guy that's seeking, and he's knocking, and he's asking, but then we see like this grumpy friend, right? Like, go away, I'm sleeping. And I don't want us to look at this passage and go, man, I'm going to seek and knock, but like, man, and God is this grumpy friend. Okay, we've misread the passage, if that's where we go. The whole point of Jesus is to say this. No, no, listen. Our father, remember that's how he started this. Our father, our dad is approachable. Meaning he responds differently to impudence. He responds differently to bold, relentless, shameless audacity than a grumpy neighbor. I would go so far as to say this. See, our father... Delights in those bold enough to bother him. See, because when I first read this passage, I mean, this thing seems so fragmented. What is going on here? But without question, after you look at it and dissect it, this whole passage is about God as a father. And then, listen, he is so good to us, he delights in us. What father among you if a son asks for a fish will instead of a fish give him a serpent or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion. Like that's crazy. No dad does that. When we pursue our father when we decide to wrestle with our father it's not to be bitten. It's not to be Stung. It's like our Father is to be feasted upon. Like our Father is there to fill us up. Some of you walked in the room today, and without question, like your life, like your season of life is, is, is a time of trouble. I want you to know this morning God is good, even in the middle of it, God is good, and He desires your closeness. Now, I'm not saying this is just automatically prescriptive for what you're going through, but it is a possibility, and the possibility is this. Part of your trouble, it could be that, that the Father has you in that to draw you to Himself. It could be that there hasn't been any closeness. It could be that you have lacked Some shameless audacity. It's funny, so so the elders were gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We went away and we prayed over you guys. We talked about the future of our church. We talked about 2019. We did some planning. And we were gone for three days. And if you guys know me, like, to be away from from Jenny and the kids is like, I just don't like it, okay? I don't know how else to put that. Like, I just don't like it. And I enjoyed being with the elders. But they're a very distant second. Jenny and my and my kids and and, uh, so so a typical conversation after being gone is to come to come home and be like hey babe how are things or even go to my kids hey how was it how did things go like how are you doing standard yeah okay so if Jenny would answer like oh actually they weren't good now this is hypothetical But imagine if Jenny answered, like, man, things weren't good. Like, they just weren't good. But you know what? I'm not going to bother you with this. Okay, now, now I got a decision to make in that moment. Okay? Now, a decision I will not make is to go, ah, thank you. That's awesome. (laughs) So, for a lot of reasons, I would not respond that way, okay? But the number one reason I wouldn't respond that way is because I don't, I wouldn't want to. Like, she's my people. You know what I mean? Like, my kids are my people. There's no, there's no people I want to be around more than them. I delight in them. And listen, I love you all. There's not a close second, not even a close second. Them. I want them to tell me things. I want them to bother me. I want to hear from them. I delight in it. (laughs) And and here's what Jesus says, verse 13. So so this is kind of how he ends up. Hey, if you then who are evil, so like, okay, everything I just told you is true and God's like, hey, you're screwed up and you know how to do that. How much better do you think I am? You know, you see what I'm saying? You see what he does there? Like, yeah, you, you do that. That's awesome. I'm way better than you at this. If you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who seek Him? I think here's what he's saying there. man, wrestle, seek. ask, knock. And here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you intimacy. Here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you myself. Now, here's the reality for every person in the room. I'm not even asking you to agree with me. I'm telling you this is the reality. What I just described, the intimacy that God will give you is the thing you desire more than any other thing. It's the thing you were made for. You may not realize that, but that is what you indeed long for more than anything else. And God says, I'll give that to you. So if we would make it a habit, what if, right? Like what if we would make it a habit to first think and to meditate on who it is that we get to talk to before we ever thought about what we were going to say to him? What if that was our practice? I, I would argue that two minutes would never be awkward again. I would argue that two minutes of silence at the end of two minutes, you'd be like, oh no, no, that's not near enough time. No, no, no. I just want to sit with him for for an hour. So so if prayer is hard for you, I'm gonna speak a hard truth here and then I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back a little softer to set you up for what's coming here, okay? Listen, if prayer is hard for you, I, I, here, here's just it could be that you have never had a relationship with the Father. It could be that you've never passed from death to life. That's just a current reality, and I say that in love. Some of you need to hear that today. Now, for many of you, prayer is hard for you, and it's not that you have never had a relationship. It's just that intimacy with God has been lost. That's probably more common than what would be going on in the room. And my challenge to you today is wrestle. My challenge to you is seek. My, sa- my challenge you is just jump into that. And then here's what I believe will happen. As you wrestle, as you push in, I think eventually you can and you will regain intimacy that you once had. I've seen it. Like, like Just think about a marriage, right? I know some of you, we've got a lot of single people. But you, you know stories of this where you have a couple who've drifted apart. There's no intimacy, right? And then they come back together and it's like, man, we want to make this work and we want to rekindle some intimacy. And and if I'm honest with you, like it's weird and awkward at, at the front end of that. But if they continue to work and they continue to seek and then what happens is on the other side is like this marriage is more beautiful than it was on the front end. And that's what can happen with you and the Father. And I want to tell you this morning, God desires it for you. And I know this for a fact because he proved it with Jesus. You want to talk about holy cow? You want to talk about shameless audacity? Just finish this up. That the God of heaven would leave heaven. That the God of heaven would come and put on flesh and dwell among us. That the God of heaven, perfect and holy, would become sin on our behalf. That's some shameless audacity. But it happened because he's for you this morning. And we get to go to him. We get to talk to him and he hears us.